The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade, never stop arriving. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade, never stop arriving. for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. I'm Jake Watroba, and joining me today is Armand Kafai and Joseph Lowry of The Athletic. On today's show, we talk a little MLS and discuss whether the Philadelphia Union are Eastern Conference contenders, is there reasons for concern for LAFC, and are Minnesota United and Real Salt Lake capable of causing noise in the Western Conference playoffs? You can follow the show on Twitter, at UncSamSoccerPod. We always enjoy your feedback and comments, so continue to send them in. Please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's get to today's show. Fellas, what's going on? A little, we're going to do a little MLS talk today. Oh, you know I love that. You know I love that. We, we I, gotta, lo- I love some MLS talk. You're, you are the biggest MLS fanboy on the show, Armand. I am so not. We, I am not. I am not. I'm actually, Steven. Steven has really become the MLS fanboy of the three of us. He watches the Reds. He watches the Reds. He watches the Reds. And then he'll 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 text us about teams that aren't the Revs, and it's like, wow, Steven's really really taken MLS. MLS. He embraces it now. Yeah. yeah. Before I used to get stupid texts about Arsenal signing a player or why Unai Emery's going to manage them to third place instead of fourth place or something to that effect but now i'm and now now it's messy to inter Milan. oh my god inter miami inter miami right right Oof. in my mind as long as steven's not talking about the patriots that's a win for all of us so i, th- oh, I think that's, I, I think that's a win. here's the thing i did not think joseph lowry would hit our patriots quota for the episode and i'm i'm surprised here i am shocked i am kind of shocked <laughs> I am, You're welcome. I'm, You're welcome. I'm very shocked uh i'm almost as shocked as uh Joseph Lowry was last night seeing a fan throw beer at players. You want to tell player a little experience uh, on Sunday? Sure. Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday. I was It was an all-nighter, baby. Um, yeah, I was out at the Phoenix Rising game and uh, had, some, um, had some fans throw uh, beers on the field. They had to call the game about 10-ish, 10, 15 minutes early. Um, we, you know, several of us in the media just kind of waited in the press box until around midnight for them to tell us, you know, whether the result was going to stand or not, or, or what the sanctions were going to be. So it was, it was a wild time, everybody. There, there you have yeah, it. Yeah. And by the way, guys, just want to let you know, Phoenix Rising are the hottest team in American soccer with what, 20 wins in a row? Many straight wins. That's, that's, that's insane. I, and the great thing is Jake, we'll see them in MLS next year when they get promoted, right? Armand, you're getting the pro rail for USA guys going by saying stuff like that. You're getting tinfoil hey, Ted any, going. Anything for tinfoil Ted. 
You're a big Ben Fast guy, aren't you? Oh, huge Ben Fast guy, if you, <laughs> if you haven't know. Uh, I, I love I love how he connected Pro Rel USA with Donald Trump at one point, but you know. We, we, you that's, know hey, when you wear tin, when you wear tinfoil hats, that's you got to connect dots that shouldn't be connected. So, but listeners, we got a packed show for you today. We're going to talk about the Philadelphia Union LAFC one one draw, number one in the West versus number two in the East. We also are going to take a look at Minnesota United beating RSL three to one on Sunday night. But first, before we jump into all of that, it's time for Armand's written apology to Joseph Lowry about the Philadelphia Union. Armand, what do you have to say to Joseph? Uh, about the paper. Uh, where is it? Oh, here it is. Dear Joseph Lowry, a.k.a. at Joe and Cleats on Twitter, uh, I am so sorry for laughing and saying that the Philadelphia Union would be a fake one seed. Uh, I genuinely did not believe they would be this good. But here I am sitting here sweating really badly right now upstairs. And... I, they are for real. I'm sorry, Joseph. They are not a fake one seed. They are not a fake two seed. They are not a fake three seed. They are a good seed. So th- there's my written apology at Joe and Cleats. That was go, beautiful, Armand. Go, that was, go, that was go, go, Phoenix Rise. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was wrong. The, the Union are honestly superb to watch. I've watched them the last couple of weeks, and it's it, it shocked me, to be honest with you. It really has shocked me. Uh, the atmosphere at Talon Energy Stadium has been fantastic. The players seem to thrive off that. Aronson has been great. Chabuco has been great. Sergio Santos has been great. We could go down the list of just how good have they been. And it's just it's so fascinating to me watching the you know, standings. And it's like, okay, maybe maybe I don't want to play the Philadelphia Union, especially at Talon Energy. Maybe maybe I don't. I mean, Joseph, you're right, man. You were on the hype train before they were cool, so you're the hipster. Oh, that's that's everything I wanted to be. Thank you. Um, but no, I, I completely agree. I think I still, uh, I, you know, as narcissistic as it sounds, I think I still agree with kind of what I said at the beginning of the year. They're flexible in a lot of ways that not a lot of other MLS teams are. Uh, they have some depth at a lot of key spots. Uh, you know, they have good center back depth, good forward depth, decent midfield depth. Like they have they have the pieces to be just a real pain to play against. And I think you look at them, you look at, so you look at Philly, you look at NYCFC and you look at Atlanta United in the Eastern conference. I, I think you can realistically see sort of any one of those teams making a real run and, and, and winning the Eastern conference uh, championship and facing off with LAFC in the West for the MLS cup. So I, it's, it's going to be a, an interesting playoff race at the top of the Eastern conference to see how, kind of how the seating ends up. But yeah, I think Philly are, are just as legit now as they were at the beginning of the year. Now guys, two weeks ago, we asked each other if the win against Atlanta was a statement win for the Union. And all three of us, not you, Joseph, Stephen Jodoran, we all said, let's pump the brakes a little bit. It's just one win. Atlanta wasn't at full strength. They had played. That was their eighth game in the month of August. The Union had only played five tired legs for Atlanta. You know, we were making the excuses for Atlanta. We were, you know, trying to, you know, trying to trying to just calm down Union fans a little bit, you know. We we're just trying to knock them down a peg or two. Like, let's not get too high here. You know, good win, but, you know, calm down a little bit. But now that they've drawn league leaders at home in LAFC 1-1, I think my perception has been changed of the Union. And 
this this was a it was albeit a draw. I think this was a massive result. And Jim Curtin, manager of Philadelphia Union, agreed. Here's his post game comments: With their best eleven players in the field, which they had tonight, they've embarrassed teams. I feel better passing that test than the Atlanta win because that's a team that can put six goals in if you're not on your game like we were tonight. And I thought Philly was in the game uh, was on their game and. The, the 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 couple of matches I've watched them recently, you know they they beat the Eastern Conference favorites, Atlanta. Now you maybe maybe you want to throw NYCFC in there as well as Eastern Conference favorites, but for for my money it's Atlanta. They have just drawn the what looks to be the best team in league history, uh, or they're at least are on pace to be that. And I think that this team can play with. Anyone. They got Casper Shabuko up top. The guy scoring left and right. Their back line defending looks great. Andre Blake was the, was my man of the match on Saturday night, making three saves, three big saves too. I I thought LAFC had a lot of good chances to win that game, and I thought Andre Blake did a great job of denying LAFC any opportunity to to steal three points. Away and Armand, you've kind of issued your apology to Joseph here, but should the Union be taken seriously as Eastern Conference contenders? Yes, I think you kind of have to be. I mean, you look at what they've done. You look at you know, I mean, they're currently what five points back of NYCFC with four games to go. They play NYCFC, guys. Let's not forget. Decision day, which could be critical to see who gets that first round by or you know one of those top seeds. They have to be taken seriously because what they're doing right now, it's not, not like maybe it feels like okay, it was an early start and they kind of slowed down and they're like sitting at where DC is, you know, fifth place. Okay, it's not taking that seriously, but I think they should be taken seriously. These two performances, while at home, they will be at home in the playoffs. They can, from what it looks like, these are these are important wins and they show. And it was I was really impressed how they played against the LAFC. I don't know about you guys, but I watched that game, uh, and they they never really seemed to like go down after getting punched in the face. You know, they got punched in the face and just got back up. I'm like, okay, cool. Like well, here we are. Bella, I mean, obviously he's coming back off his hamstring injury, but it's not like he was you know anything amazing uh, that match. And they came on the attack. Brendan Aronson had a great chance. I think in the 22nd minute, Shabuko was putting on that pressure. I mean, Ilsenio off the bench i mean that guy is one of the best substitute super subs i think you can have in major league soccer right now yes they have to be taken seriously the watch the way they play the way that jim Curtin has them set up you know it and you know let's not forget from the un, the un, you know the un uh i guess the not so the not so hot guys not the not so sexy guys like kai wagner you know a left back came from a german third division arts tanner brought him in and he's been such a Great signing at left back. I mean, you have Jack Elliott in the center back, along with Mark McKenzie. You can go down this roster, and it's like you have veterans. They have, I think, the right combination of youth and vets in order to compete, right? They're not too young, like you might say in FC Dallas is, and they're not too old, like you know some other teams across the MLS might be. I think they're just that perfect amount of youth and experience, and I personally think they can compete with anyone. I don't know if they can do it on NYCFC's baseball field. That's why I think, you know, competing for that uh, home field advantage can be so important for them. But I think they can do it, especially at home. 
Now, uh, Joseph, before you jump in, I just wanted to just talk about how good Ilsenio has been for the Union. 925 minutes played this season. Five goals and eight assists. He's been a super sub. Every time I've watched the Union play, he comes on. And, it, and it, it's almost like a momentum swing for, for the Union, just how good this guy is. But Joseph, what are your thoughts? Is this team a legit Eastern Conference uh, contender? Absolutely. I mean, I, I I don't think I've changed my mind on that at all from the beginning of the season. I think the Union are are just as legit now as they ever have been, and they're going to cause you know the rest of the Eastern Conference playoff field and potentially you know the Western Conference champions some some real problems in the playoffs. I agree. I agree. I think this team can win the East. Actually, I'm not going to peg them as the favorites. For my money, I'm still going to say Atlanta is the favorites, but I do believe this team can beat Atlanta and this team can beat NYCFC. Like I said, they have great. The defending is great. I, I I don't think you know they're they're no slouch defensively. And going forward with Shabutko, Pico. They got a number of guys. Ilsenio, Sergio Santos is a good sub off the bench as well. They have guys that can put the ball on the back of the net, and I think they're going to cause a lot of problems for teams once the, the playoffs roll around. But let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk LAFC. Since drawing the Galaxy at home on August 25th, LAFC is 0-1-3. And, and Joseph, let's start with you. Any reason for concern if you're an LAFC fan? I think just in the timing of these mixed results, there's you know a little bit of concern. It's not an ideal timeline. You know, just before you're hitting the home stretch of the regular season, right before the playoffs, if we don't see them, you know, get a couple of results, I think that that wears on players and, and coaches mentally a little bit. But just looking at the quality of play we're still seeing on the field, you know, if we look back at that Minnesota loss at home. They still created the vast majority of the chances. It you know they struggle to break break the final piece of Minnesota's low low block, and and that's understandable. That happens to teams all the time. Um, so I'm not concerned necessarily. The timing I don't think is ideal, but then again, there's never an ideal time to start dropping points. You know, from a coaching perspective. So I'm not concerned particularly about LAFC. I still think they're the best team in the Western Conference, best team in the league, and and one of the best teams of all time. But, yeah, it's not ideal. It's not ideal by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I was watching uh, – we're going to talk about this, the, U, uh, the RSL Minnesota game, and the only thing I could think of was, damn, LAFC is better than both these teams significantly, and LAFC will be playing at home. And I know it's crazy to think because, you know, Minnesota beat LAFC, and Minnesota was on the road. But I just I, – I feel like that result was a little bit fluky. And, I mean, I look at the rest of, you know, Bella not being in there, Bella, you know, just coming back into the lineup. Look, I mean, he's an MVP. He is the MLS MVP this year. If I have a vote, I will vote for him. Like that. That's he's been that good. And look, if you if you lose that guy, it, it, it kind of sucks, and you have to you know build your way into it. I asked this question. I think I asked it last episode as well. I asked a question to my buddy watching oh, traffic goings. If fellas hurt, you clinch the number one seed. Okay, you get supporter shield. You'll get. Supporters shield basically. I, I mean, at this rate, they will get it. Um, I think. Do you? You have a CCL berth. I mean, why not? Why do you have to? Why do you have to push Vela so much if you don't have to? And I think it's one of those things where his team is kind of cruising into the playoffs, which might not be good because you don't want to always cruise into playoffs. You want to have a, a nice win here or there or something like that. But I think they're cruising into the playoffs, 
And I think then they're going to kick it back up. But I mean, honestly, I'm not sold in the rest of the Western Conference. I think LAFC is so much better in the rest of the Western Conference that, I mean, the, these results don't even they don't, they don't even phase me, to be honest with you. Armand, I agree. And if you're an LAFC fan, you would rather have this bad run of form happen end of August, beginning of September, than you would <laughs> beginning of October going into the playoffs. Look, it's a four-game sample size in a 34-game schedule. Small sample size. Do you want to drop games? Do you want to drop points? No. No coach wants that. But again, no Vela for three of those four matches. Or, sorry, two of those four matches. The Minnesota match and the Orlando City match. And I, I don't think there's anything, there's no shame in drawing 1-1 to Philadelphia Union away. I mean, look, the Union are second in the East right now. We just talked about how all three of us believe they're an Eastern Conference title contender right now. And look, I, I, I just don't believe there's anything for LEFC fans to be panicking about. This team, like Armand said, when watching RSL and Minnesota United is, damn, these two teams are not nearly as good. They do not they do not come close to being as good as LAFC. And while Minnesota United did get the win at Bank of California Stadium, like Joseph said, a lot of teams are gonna have problems breaking down that low block that Minnesota United played for the you know the, the duration of that match. So and that's but on the flip side of the coin, that's what a lot of teams are gonna be doing once once the playoffs are here is bunkering down and and hoping out hoping to keep LAFC off the score sheet and subsequently getting a goal themselves and, 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 you know, steal a win at the arguably the toughest place to play in MLS right now. Now, this is kind of a dumb question, so I'm going to ask it anyways, but we all know the answer to this, but Vela makes his return this weekend. We all know how important he is to the league and how important of a player he is in general. He's, he's going to be the MVP. But for LAFC, how important is a guy like Carlos Vela? <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay, let me, let me phrase it this way. Let me phrase it this way. Is LAFC capable of winning MLS Cup without Carlos Vela? How about that? No. Joseph, I, I don't know how to answer that, but I would say no. Not even close. I, I think yes, but go ahead. Oh, you're you're not gonna expand? No, I was gonna let you finish first. I just had to get that out there. Oh, uh, I mean, my answer is in the results. Yeah, that's fair. I think so. I think from my perspective, what Bob Bradley has built and and what the front office in LAFC has built is designed to be more than more than just one player. And we see the impact that Carlos Vela has, and that's undeniable, right? I think the odds of them winning MLS Cup go down significantly if he's not you know, not available to play, but. I mean, when your other two wingers are Brian Rodriguez and Diego Rossi, are you seriously going to tell me, you know, I, I just I can't fathom like the, the possibility that they wouldn't still be technically capable of winning MLS Cup. They might be missing. I mean, they'd be missing their leader and their, and their top goal scorer and their top playmaker. But the guys they have, I mean, Brian Rodriguez is a, is a Uruguayan international. Diego Rossi is a very talented guy who's, who's, you know, I don't have any info on this, but is likely to get sold to Europe at some point over the next season, season and a half. So... I think they still have the talent with or without Vela. Do the odds go down? Absolutely. Is it you know much less likely? 
yeah, it's it's not as likely, but I think it's still entirely possible. I agree with Joseph on that. I look, they that team even without what? Vela, they're stacked. That team is stacked. Like Joseph just said, they oh, have they, Diego Rossi's gonna go play in Europe at some point, whether that's yeah. oh, this oh, winter oh, or whether that's next him. summer or the following winter. He's gonna get sold to Europe. They, Brian Rodriguez ripped the U.S. apart last week in the one-one draw. He, he he showed that he can be problems. I, I just think that you can't sit here and just say Carlos Vela is the only cog that makes LAFC go. They they are stacked with talent. They are stacked with talent. Now I'm not trying to diminish Vela's importance to the to the team, but yes, they could win MLS Cup without Carlos Vela Armand. I'm sorry, but. Okay. Let's talk about two teams that can't win MLS Cup. Let's talk about Minnesota United and RSL. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How was that for a transition? Minnesota United knocks off RSL at home 3-1. A goal, or a, sorry, a brace from Darwin Quintero sees the Loons grab all three points. Minnesota United now sits third in the Western Conference standings with 48 points, and RSL fall to fourth in the West. Now, guys, I'm going to ask you a two-part question here. Okay. Minnesota United seems very Jekyll and Hyde right now with a loss earlier in the week to Houston and then beating LAFC away two weeks prior. RSL doesn't ever appear to ever be impressive whenever I watch them. I'm not sure about you guys. Maybe you can interject and say, no, no, I love the way RSL plays. They're just this fun team to watch. You're missing this, Jake. Uh, How serious do either of you take these clubs heading into the playoffs? Let's start with Minnesota United. Armand, what do you think? (laughs) <laughs> you know how serious I take Minnesota United, right? I don't think I'm serious at all. Uh, this this might be really negative, but like I said in the, in the discussion about LAFC, I just feel like there isn't, hasn't been a team in the Western Conference that I sit there and I'm impressed with their football and I like, say, wow, they can compete with LAFC. They all seem to sit in from 2 through 8. I guess the only team you can really say is the Galaxy, yeah? The Galaxy have beat them multiple times. But I guess 2 through like 8, they're kind of the same. Like, okay, they win, have a huge win one week and a huge letdown, right? I mean, you see a team like, what, Minnesota. We can talk about them. Yeah, they beat LAFC. They lose to Houston. They beat RSL. Um, a team like Dallas, they beat Minnesota. Okay, while well, shorthanded. Have a nice. They beat Houston. They, they, they beat Cincinnati. They come back. They get destroyed by Chicago. I mean, we could go down the list. RSL beat Seattle 3-0 at one point, and they lose to Minnesota 3-1. It's all like it's all a huge circle. of just like, oh, wow, well, we lose to you, you lose to me. Minnesota United, to me, I, I don't know, because we see – maybe Adrian Heath can learn from his mistakes, but we saw him bench Darren Quintero in the U.S. Open Cup match. That, that didn't work. He played scared. That didn't work. And it almost worked out in a lucky way for him, though. It almost did in a very lucky way. Against a team like LAFC, you can't play scared. You have an organized game plan like they did in the match at the bank. But, but I don't think I don't. To me, I don't think they can sustain that. And look, if you're a team like a Dallas, like even RSL, like a Portland, it's not like Minnesota has beat these teams. Like, wow, we've crushed them. They've barely squeaked by these teams at home. All these games are toss-ups. We, we see it. And that's why I'm really bullish on Minnesota United. I feel like they've gotten lucky a lot. I mean, I, I've been on the record saying they're one of the more luckier teams in MLS. Now that I win against RSL, wasn't lucky. I'll say that was a good game. That was a great game from them. But overall, some of these things that happen are just so lucky. 
Like the the Dallas the, the Dallas game. I mean, you have Ziegler misses only PK of the year, like against 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 Minone. Um, you have Dallas who was taking the game towards Minnesota. I mean, like again, I'm making that as a reference because I mean I watched Dallas a lot, but I mean you, you know, I mean San Jose like, but I think it was the year before or just before they got red hot. It, they draw points against Minnesota. I mean, all these all these results. I feel like they're just very lucky. I watch them play. It's not like their football has been, whoa, knock my socks off kind of football. It's just been okay. They win at home, which is why it's important to get the number two seed. I think the two seed or a high seed or something like that. They'll be fine. But I mean, away from home, I'm not confident. The same team lost to the Dynamo, man. The Dynamo were a hot mess. They still are a hot mess. They lost to Van- like, like like what? Uh, it's, it's tough for me to buy into the hype of Minnesota United. And I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with any of that. I think you look at the, the really anywhere after the number one seed in the Western conference. And there's a lot of confusion and a lot of teams that, that could do things or, or could really just fall completely flat when the playoffs come around. Uh, I think while there is some truth, even just from a, from an analytics standpoint of the sort of fluky nature of Minnesota United's victory over LAFC and and some of their other games this season. There is something to be said for, especially in an elimination style tournament for a team that has those results under their belt and who has had that experience of playing in those games and finding ways to win. You know, I, as a guy who kind of spends most of the time looking at tactics, I completely agree with your premise, Armand, that it's not necessarily Necessarily the best style of soccer, or there's not a you know not ever necessarily a super high level of consistency or patterns, identifiable traits, things like that. But sometimes I come to come to learn and believe that sometimes soccer can be a little bit more than that. When you've got a guy like Mason Toy who seems to be in great form, having a hot goal scorer heading into the postseason is is a real asset for Minnesota United. So, do I think they're a favorite in the West? Of course not. No. Um, but could they do some damage conceivably, like you said, especially if they end up at home? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's a real shot for them to to cause some problems for other teams in the West. And and maybe there's an argument to be made that they're the next best team in the Western Conference after LAFC. I'm not going to take the homerism or the homer approach here on this one. I know you're all expecting it. Someone's got to fill in, you know, I know Steven's on here to go rah, 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 New England Revolution, rah, 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 New England Patriots. I'm not going to do that with the Minnesota with Minnesota United. Do I think they're capable of winning a playoff match? Yes, I do think they're capable of winning one round in the playoffs. If they drew Dallas or if they drew the Timbers and it's a home match, yes, I do think they are able uh are capable of winning. I do think that their run in the US Open Cup in an, an elimination tournament was a good experience for them, and I think that is an experience that they can carry over to the MLS playoffs. However, like Joseph said, they really have no tactical identity. There's nothing about them that you can point to and say, oh, they do this. I mean, I I watch them all the time, and I can just tell you what, what Minnesota United likes to do. Maybe this is their tactical identity. I think it's a terrible one, but it, it might be it. And it's get the ball to Roman Montanera down the right side and have them just hit crosses in all day. Look, that might be good enough to maybe beat Dallas or Portland or San Jose. They've beaten San Jose twice this year. Uh, I, I just don't believe this team is cut out to 
win more than a game here or a game there when it when it really matters the most. I I can't envision a scenario. And now look, they went and beat LAFC away. I just can't envision a, a scenario where they do that again. And I can't envision a scenario where they're going into Seattle and beating Seattle when it matters the most. So, uh, but quickly, let's touch on RSL. Are they a serious contender in the West at all? Either anything they do that makes you think twice about about them moving forward? No, and the 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 lack of a Mike Petke kind of guy. I mean, sure, like uh, like just from a coaching standpoint, what he did, uh, he provided experience in a knockout round game. They don't have that. They have a Freddie Juarez, same situation that Dallas would probably have with under Luchi Gonzalez, a first year coach. I mean, I guess you could even say Adrian Heath because I don't think they ever made, had a playoff game. Um, but overall, it's it's difficult. I, I don't see them. They're a very hot and cold team. I feel like they could knock off an LAFC, but they could also just not make the playoffs and like miss it entirely. I don't think they'll miss the playoffs. I think they will make it, and I think they'll uh, they'll have a good showing where they go, but I, I don't even see them remotely touching MLS Cup, and it's not because they're bad or anything. They have dynamic players in Rusnak and Savarino nice again a nice combination of vets and young players but I mean overall it's just I feel like their talent level just isn't there RSL in my mind is kind of grouped in with the rest of the Western Conference similar to Minnesota United they, they played differently but they have similar traits in that they don't necessarily dominate games offensively or or have a specific defensive trait that they use to, to smother opposing teams but they're capable of upsetting anyone kind of at any given time. So in my mind, RSL have a shot to, to cause some problems in the playoffs for opposing teams, but they're definitely not Western Conference favorites. I think that's kind of the, the general rational take shared by most people who spend time watching the league and covering the league as well. Actually, the same point or same, same thought as both of you. I think RSL is capable of winning a, a match at Rio Tinto Stadium. I think that's a tough place to play at altitude. I think that could provide some issues to a visiting team coming in. Rusnak's a nice player. Severino's a nice player, like Armand said. They have some nice pieces on defense, but overall, I I just don't think that this team is capable of doing much damage when it matters most. So, uh, but guys, before we wrap up the show, Armand, let's do your two stars and one catfish for the week. Yeah, Jake. Uh, you know, guys talk about my two stars, one catfish. My star, Jesse's artist. Jake, you like that? A rocket in his goal uh, against the against the night to give Columbus a nice result. My star number two. I gave it to two guys this time: CJ Sapong and Frankowski from the Chicago Fire. Three goals combined with some assists and a 4-0 win over FC Dallas. A huge result. And my catfish. Sorry, FC Dallas fans. The FC Dallas defense. How do you allow four goals in the first half? Terrible. I wrote about the defense being good. Well, this joke's on me because they were trash on Saturday. Well, there you have it. Listeners, question of the day at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. We talked about it earlier. Are the Philadelphia Union legit Eastern Conference contenders? Let us know on Twitter at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. You can follow Joseph Lowry on Twitter at Joe and Cleats. You can follow Armand Kafai at Armand Kafai. And you can follow myself at Jake Watroba. Be on the lookout for th- on Thursday. We're going to talk a little bit more MLS, but off the field. Stephen will be back for that episode. So make sure you tune in for that. For Joseph and Armand, I'm Jake. We'll talk to you guys next time.
regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. 